Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening, thank you for subscribing. Uh, Today I'm with a Northampton club legend, but he's also making his bones now as the attack and skills coach at Bristol Bears, who, let's face it, are a very skillful attacking team. So, Bruce Rayhorner, how are you? Uh, Very good, thank you, and yourself? Yes, good, 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 thanks. Uh, What have you been up to today? Um, I did a, I had a, an, an hour skill session with uh, some of the guys that want to do uh, skill extras on their day off. Um, it's always optional for the boys that want to come and work their skills on their day off. It's obviously just top-ups and guys wanting to fine-tune their, their, their passing, uh, kicking and tackle tech. Um, pretty low-key today, um, just to get those uh, the confidence building going into our uh, Thursday and then Friday training before the game. Awesome. So, hang on, is it day off today at Bristol Bears? Yes, yes, you have a Wednesday off and you have optional uh, skill options uh, put in place so if guys want to come and work on their, to say, for instance, light-out jumping, uh, scrum tech, uh, passing skills, kicking skills and also tackle tech. Um, they have all those options available for us coaches to, to go and meet them and, and just take it at, at low-key, but more about uh, getting um, the right technique um, in place. Interesting. So, how how interested? How well attended all these sessions, or, or are the boys all off having coffee? Uh, a lot of boys tick off their boxes on on the Tuesday training. Like uh, Tuesdays, our big day of training, we do a unit session, so split backs and forwards. Afternoons always together, and then we do extras after the session as well. And then there's other guys that I guess it's guys that really don't uh, haven't uh, got to where they need to. And, and they just feel they need to top up um, and get that extra confidence going in for the Thursday training. You know, sometimes when you're in a training, things don't quite don't quite go your way. So it's just uh, nice to come back in and get that confidence build on a on a day off, just to tick that box and keep you confident for the for the uh, Thursday ahead. It's some great dedication. Yeah, it is indeed. And we've got to know there's some a lot of boys pushing hard um, and uh, really uh, trying to put their hands up, and it's it's really good. And, you know, the, the reward is always through the hard work that they're putting in. So that's really exciting. Do you find there's a certain profile of player that comes to top-up sessions? Like the guy who is competing for that first-team place but not quite nailed on first-team or some of the academy lads hunting for new contracts or a contract, I should say? Yes, yep, for sure. All of that, all of what you said. And and, and also some of the senior guys too that have that are senior pros and uh, internationals when they've had little niggles and they're just coming back into it, they pop in on those sessions as well and uh, tick that box. If they get, and everyone needs that extra bit of confidence build to, to go into the, to the uh, first day training. 
and then obviously build into the weekend. Um, it's just it's just a nice way to get back in and, as I say, get that confidence uh, to move forward. Now, Bruce, you had a very storied career over here in the Northern Hemisphere, but before moving up, you accrued three caps for, for the All Blacks. Why did you decide to move up to the, to the Northern Hemisphere when, you know, presumably you could have added to that tally? Yeah, I honestly thought I could have as well, and I thought it was my time to, to maybe put a stamp on and, and claim a few more caps, but um, things didn't happen that way. Coaches changed, and uh, they had other ideas on, on, on other players, unfortunately, and I stayed for, I think it was a year and a half, two years. Uh, had um, you know a few people saying that you've got to be selected, you're, you're, you're playing um, really well, and your chance is going to come, and got uh, denied twice. So after the second time being denied and pushing myself really hard, I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to change my goals now and I want to go somewhere else and, and, and try and start again and, and prove myself to see if I can be a, the best player I can in, in a different country. And for me, that was uh, that was in Europe. Yeah, um, I mean, because I knew the rugby was, was still at a high level. Yeah, I mean, that must be some quite some decision to decide, yeah, OK, I'm not going to play for the All Blacks, can that, and then come up here. Yeah, mate, it was, it was really, really hard because, you know, as a youngster, you set that as your goal and um, it's always just a dream. And uh, whenever it comes to reality, you just want more and more and more. And uh, to, to, to be able to give that, to give that away was uh, was really, really tough. Um, but I didn't want to stay there and be a coulda, woulda, shoulda, played more. Um, I, I wanted to achieve more in rugby. So that's why I had chances to go to Japan, but no offence and disrespect. But I thought the, the, the rugby back then was, you know, was pretty amateur and I thought over here in Europe was was a very high level rugby and I wanted to if I was going to start again again I, I was ready to start from the beginning earn that respect and try and be the best foreign player in Europe uh, Do you still think that the rugby up in Europe is as high class as it could be compared to the Southern Hemisphere? Um, I always think it can improve I mean I think rugby everywhere um, there, there's always ways to improve and, and get ahead I think um, the, the the skill level is, is getting a lot more higher over here than what it used to be. And I think if we look at both sides of the world, you know, back in New Zealand, when we watch them play and, and how, how they've been dominating over the last few years, it's just because everybody's skill level is just that, uh, a little bit better than everyone else. Mm. Um, yes, it's, it's key having extractor players in certain positions, but, you know, when we see big props um, doing quick passes and wide passes and, just the same as what the backs can do. I mean, those are game changers. Yeah. And I think now, now we're really starting to see that over here. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, because, you know, when I say Bruce Ray Horner, everyone thinks fullback, and then you add into that skills and attack coach, everyone assumes you're working with, you know, Charles Piatow and Ian Madigan. But actually, a lot of that is based around the forward pack. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's, it's everyone these days. You know, forwards and backs are... Um, yes, we have our own roles, but skill level has to be up there because you never know these days in, in whatever position you are when you're going to get the ball and that little pass, if you're able to go get it and, and tip it on to put a player away, uh, that can be the winning and losing of a game. And uh, no matter what position you are, you've got to be able to, you know, uh, be able to get the ball and, and pass it short or wide if, if needed. And because those are the game changers these days, and you know, small differences uh, make make up the you know the, either win or lose at the end. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting on that because when you watch Bristol, I mean, they are a, a very skillful team and you play incredibly attacking rugby. But it seems to be skills within 
quite well not rigid structure but there's certainly a structure there so how do you Pat and all the other coaches go about putting this team together to achieve those you know quite magnificent results actually yeah well we know we're working really really hard together to keep everyone on on the same wavelength and I think everyone has their has their part to play in the, in the team whether it be defence um, you know Ira with the, with the with the scrum JT with the, with the forwards forwards and attack and Connor is our strategy and, and backs coach and then myself with the skills um, and moral defence. You know, we've, we've all got to put that, it's a big picture and we've all got to put it together. Everyone's working hard to mould the team and uh, it's really, really exciting. But I think for me, is, is just knowing that what our game plan is, how our structures are and then fitting in our skills to work around that. So everything I do is, is aligned to the, to the bigger picture and that's how that's what how, how we're all working. You know, we've all got our roles, but it's, yeah. it's all working to the, to, to the same vision of where we want to take the team. So it falls them together really nicely. So, in your role then, Bruce, when you see a player, uh, do you immediately know how you can improve him? And how much, I mean, can you give me some examples of lads you've worked with? Don't give me any names, but, you know, just lads you've worked with, and then how you've improved them to get to the level required to play for Bristol Bears? Yeah, I think a lot of it is mainly passing technique, and most of the game is all about catching the ball, passing the ball, and if the more you can be accurate with that and the more you can have rip on the on the ball and the, the bigger differences you can make in the game. So, you know, just for instance, like guys uh, catching the ball with a, with their hands open and sco- almost scooping it into their body, yeah. that slows their actions time down, which gives the defence another metre or two to, to gain on you. Um, we're trying to coach the boys to go get the ball, sort of like a basketball style where you reach out, you get your hands to the ball, and then your movement and eyes are almost fixed in front of you so you can see what's going on. And if you want to transfer the path again, um, you can do it in the same motion. So it's almost just taking away time, um, and it makes a massive difference to, to, to your game. Um, so a lot of focus on going to get the ball, you know, meeting your hands when the ball's coming, put your hands out to go get it and you can transfer the ball a lot quicker. Um, a lot of those things and also just body movement, going to contact, mm-hmm. knowing how to drop your body and then and, you know, get the fin working or drop the shoulder to protect yourself, uh, foot movement and also kicking skills, the transfer of ball, ball to foot, um, what line it needs to be on and how to finish with your leg through the ball and the direction of where you want it to go. So I look at all those little mind details and see how I can correct the players and, and help them out individually. Uh, are you ever are you ever shocked, and this is a bit of a cruel question, but are you ever shocked when you get hold of a player who's made it to the top level and you think, how have you got so far with you know the set of skills which you have, whether it be an inadequacy at kicking or passing or catching or or whatever it may be? Well, I think you can you can develop all skills in all different areas, and, and we encourage players to do so because it just gives you more effector. You know, when you got when you when you arm your toolbox with a lot more options, and then then almost the game seems a little bit oh no, seems a lot easier. And when you get into different difficult situations, because you you got confidence, yeah. and we almost train ourselves to be able to you know overwork that movement. So when it does happen in the game, it just becomes natural. You don't have to think about it. It's already or your body's already reacting to it. So. Mm. You know, we're trying to make it um, consistent. Um, but I think no matter what height of the game you're at, what level you're at with your international, I mean, they're there for a reason because they try to push in every certain areas to, to, to make themselves better. And I think that's the, that's the big learning curve for anyone. You know, don't, don't ever think you can't do a skill. Um, always just be patient, work hard on it, and you can develop it. And what that'll do is add an extra both to your, to your game. Mm. Now, now, 
I always remember you playing in the same back line as Carlos Spencer. As a coach <laughs> now, <laughs> I mean, is, Carl, is a lad like Carlos Spencer the kind of guy that you would like to coach? Or are those sort of skills which he has just born into him and he'll be who he is and everyone else has, has to do things slightly differently? <laughs> it's a very good question. And just after the experience of playing with him and playing against him, uh, Carlos said he, he was naturally skillful. Skillful. He did work on those skills all the time, but I think the biggest weapon he had was that he was never afraid to try something. Yeah. If he thought it, he, if he thought it, he did it, and that's where most of the time it come off. Where in other situations, we, we'd have a lot of guys in those same situations. They'll think it, but never do it. And I think that's what made him great was that he was never afraid to try it. If it didn't work, he'd try it again. Yeah. You know, because he knew if if he got it right, it, he, he could pull it off. And um, I was lucky enough to be on the end of a lot of those tries. Yeah, it, um, it is actually remarkable bravery, that. Because, you know, not many, particularly in rugby nowadays, if you make a mistake, the consequences of your team can be enormous. Yes, yeah. It's, 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 I tell you what, the game is, is evolving and changing so much, and you, you've got to be open-minded to adapt and change with it. Otherwise, otherwise you get left behind. And, um, you know, I think it's like we, we always encourage guys to improve their skills to the best they can and don't be afraid but as long as we're, we're thinking about the team and, and, and not me we oh, can't go God. too far wrong how do you how do you encourage the boys then to you know actually execute these things on the field because it's one thing being able to do it but if you lose a game and you know Bristol this year <laughs> have come up you don't want to go, go down again I don't think you will but you know are you saying to the lads, look, go out and do it and don't worry if it goes wrong. It's just one of those things. We'll get it right next time. How, how do you how do you encourage them to play? Oh, no, the thing is we, you know, we, we pride ourselves on looking after the pool. That's, that's the number one. And uh, it, it's all about team. You know, with, within our structure, then, I mean, you're going to come up against so many certain situations and that's why we try to coach so many different scenarios that we've got confidence of being able to shift that ball on if we need to. But if, in doubt, if there is ever any doubt, then just hold the ball and, and we can play again. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a very, very fine line between it making the, the big mistakes and the and small ones. But, you know, we we uh, fully back our players to, to, to work hard and see the pitch and what they see and execute their role as best they can. But if there is any ever question marks, then just look after the pool and, and we'll go again because eventually we can break them down and, and score. So what's what's the culture like in training? Because you know, I've I've been at clubs and you know you throw an offload and they go ah, you know that's ridiculous you, uh, you know we don't shovel shit or what you know, whatever the in phrase <laughs> is at the moment like so what what's the culture with you boys? Do you uh, you know it, does everyone gather around and say you, you know that's absolutely fine you'll uh, you'll hit it next time or is it you pile on to that player to make sure he doesn't do it again? Now we've got a great culture amongst the team that the players keep each other very accountable and also us as coaches. Um, you know, when there is too many drop balls going down, uh, our, our skippers and our leaders pull the team in and say, look, this isn't right. And in certain words, we know we're better than that. Let's refocus and, and go again. So the boys are tough on themselves, which is good. You know, we've created that environment. Now we're, we want to challenge each other. We can we can do it, but it's all in, all in a constructive way. Mm. Now, just changing the subject slightly, when you decided to come up to the Northern Hemisphere. Why did you choose Northampton? What was it about that club which you uh, which initially attracted you? Well, it was, it was Wayne Smith. Wayne Smith picked him to be an All Black. Oh, and course, uh, yeah. he, he, he heard of what was going on in New Zealand. He goes, mate, it's not very good. But 
this could be a different option. Um, would you come over and play over here? And as soon as he asked me that, I said, yep. Because for me, he was, he was the best coach I had. God, that's amazing. So it was, it was uh, a no-brainer, yeah. Uh, it, when you said that, because you know, I think Wayne Smith's probably considered the best coach in the world now. He was probably considered one of the best coaches in the world then as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know a lot of players who who say that same thing, and, and I'm another one. Yeah. He, he, he was very, very good. What was it about Wayne Smith that you in, that you enjoyed so much? I think mainly he, he coached the individual before he coached the team. You know, he's he, you can always tuck uh, structures in place and, and and create a team environment, but if you individually haven't got the the, the, the skill set to uh, to go out on the pitch and 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 to perform the way you need to, then it, you're going to have certain areas of a breakdown. And he made sure that individually you knew exactly what you needed to work on week in, week out to get yourself better in that position to make it better for the team. Um, and once everyone got to a, a level where they were that good at that position, then the team just worked and functioned really, really well. Um, and constantly week in, week out, he'd give you feedback on individually what you needed to work on. And you know, it was... Um, it was a it was a good learning curve, and I I really do feel when I came over here and got coached by him personally with Northampton, I developed as a player much better. Yeah, and become a better become a better rugby player. Yeah, I mean your Northampton days are interesting, aren't they? Because you know you you were an All Black, and that is probably the pinnacle of the game. You've come over to Northampton. You're working with one of the best coaches in the world. Northampton have a cracking squad at that time, um, and then somehow you find yourself in the championship. How did that develop you? Because, you know, that, that's got to be a bit of a kick to, to the old ego. Yeah, well, well for, for me, it was just a big kick because us as a team didn't succeed um, and we had a few inner issues which which made us be in that position because we should have never had been there if we were united as a team and as a, as a staff. But it obviously showed that we weren't and that was after Smitty left, unfortunately. I really believe if he had stayed there, we could have won some trophies. But, you know, he, he went back to, um, to to his dream and, and, and did so well. Um, but the only reason why we don't, like I said, was we weren't connected as a team and as, as a staff and, and it just wasn't right. And we needed to go down um, and, and have a good look at ourselves. And for me going down, I had a chance to leave, yes. But I felt that I was a part of, of, of that leadership which, which let the club go down and I wanted to be a part of uh, bringing that club back up to where, where it should have been and uh, creating a whole new culture and an environment again. And, you know, I, I, I actually loved that, loved that challenge down the championship. Of... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Going back to grass, some grassroots clubs and rugby and, you know, connecting with the, with the people outside of the rugby, the crowds, the, the supporters and, and creating a whole new culture again. And I thought it, through doing that, it actually made us a lot stronger. Yeah, I, I can only imagine um, 
the effect it must have on seasoned pros like yourself going down for for a season, mixing with some of the new lads that you're bringing up. It's got to bring you closer as a group. Yeah, it did. It did. And it was, it, was, it was really, really good for us. Now, I remember talking to Carlos during the time and asked him what he was doing. He goes, well, if you're staying, I'm staying. And I said, well, I'm staying. And he goes, sweet. I'm, <laughs> I'm staying with you. I'm staying with you then. <laughs> so yeah. it was, that was good. Yeah, because if you go through um, Wikipedia, some occasionally I go through Wikipedia because you know, I'm a bit boring, and you look at the record scores against and record scores for clubs, a lot of the clubs in the championship, their record losses are, are pretty much all to Northampton. Like Sedgley Park was 101 nil or something. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember, geez, we had, we had a few, we had a lot of big we, we we had a lot of big games, but also we had a couple of near misses where we got a little bit uh, overconfident. And we, I remember it was two games. One of them might have been Mosley, one of them might have been Nixon, where we just won by one point. Oof. Just because we, we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. And uh, it gave us a rude awakening, to be fair. Um, but then on the flip side, when we were on, we, we were really, really sharp. Um, but again, that was a great, great learning curve. Um, it was good for our culture. We realised that we weren't all just. Um, stars out there running tries on every weekend. Uh, we had to front up, make sure we front up like, like true pros because you never know who could beat you on the day. Absolutely. Um, do you have any memories of the grounds that you went to? Because I imagine they're, they're, they're a lot different to the grounds you went to when you were in the Premiership. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Cornish Cornish Pirates, Cornish All Blacks. Yeah. Down at Launceston. Uh, there were some of the same grounds. Um, Mosley, uh, Rotherham. Jeez, um, New Plymouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You really, yeah, I mean, you really do travel away from a lot of the centres of population when, when you're in the Championship. Yeah, we did. We, we did a lot of bus journeys, long, long bus journeys, um, which, again, were, were challenging, but a, a lot of fun because, again, it made us, um, gave us more time to connect to, connect as a team yeah. with each other, have, have games and fun and, you know, on and off the pitch. So it was, it, it, I, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's also really nice. I mean, it's not nice, I suppose, for the opposition team who are getting thumped. But we had, I live up in the northwest, and Fylde Rugby Club, which is in Blackpool, had um, Jason Robinson for a season. And you can imagine when Fylde go away to to other teams and they bring Jason Robinson with them, it packs out the opposition team's clubhouse. Yeah, indeed. I could imagine being amazing, imagine it. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Like I remember, we, we, every game we went to away, we had more home fans than than away fans at, at every ground because a lot of our supporters followed us everywhere. It was very passionate at the, at the at it seems. and out, we had more home supporters. But everyone was just there to you know support, enjoy the game, um, be a part of, of of what was happening. And it was brilliant. Yeah. And again, at those grounds, they they, they filled them out with as much of their support as they could, just because of some of the stars we had in our team. Yeah. Um, and it was great for us to, to, to share that with them. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess it would be the same for lads in your own team. I, I mean, I remember, I'm, I, well, I'm pretty sure that I remember it would be someone like Carlos, Rodri Gomez-Davis, and then you on the outside. And, it, you know, for, for that lad, it must have been, well, it must have been like a dream come true. It, it, it'd be bizarre. Yeah, we had uh, Chris Nesson at that stage too. He was he was the first year in with us. Oh, yeah, of course he was. Um, and <laughs> he scored something like, uh, 38 or 42 tries. <laughs> the track was crazy. Yeah, well, I, I think that's kind of, I think it's where that Northampton team built their nucleus because did, Tong, was, was Tongawea in, in that side? Tongawea and Mujati? Yes. Yep, Tongawea and Mujati. Um, 
uh, our uh, Courtney Laws was there too. Crikey. Uh, yeah, um, Dylan, Dylan Hartley, he was there as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... <laughs> some good players. Yeah, I mean, looking back at it now, because they were right at the beginning of their careers, I mean, uh, whoever selected that squad, I think yeah. it was Jim Mounder, actually, um, you know, yeah, did, yeah, did, yeah. Did, did one hell of a job. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was really good. It was, and like I said, it was it happened for a reason, and uh, it was a great place for us to be, and then uh, it was Jim and Doyne that, that took over and, and got us back up to where we, where we needed to be. It was, uh, it was a really fun year. Yeah, uh, you were t- you were saying about taking the away fans, sorry, your home fans away with you most weekends. Uh, I tell you, another club that does that really successfully now is London Welsh, but they're at like level because they've gone all the way down to level nine, or level eight, or wherever they are now. Uh, you know, seven leagues okay. below. Uh, they're, they're taking something like one thousand five hundred fans to to you know to, to each and every game. That's awesome! Absolutely awesome! <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you know you can imagine that playing for some uh, local team around London somewhere. Oh yeah, mate! That'd be brilliant. You know, and and it's just things like that too. That just as a player makes you want to give more. You know, when you see support supporting you like that, you just want to play harder. You want to do more for them. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, Bristol. You know, Bristol have been the surprise package this year. Not in terms of their rugby, but for me, in terms of their in terms of their support. I, I always knew Bristol was a popular team, but I had no idea that you'd be dragging in the numbers that you currently are. Yeah, no, it's always really exciting. I remember coming down here and playing at the, at the Old Memorial Ground, and I always thought the, the support was very passionate back then. And when I had the opportunity to come in, I thought, yep, this is going to be a great project to be a part of. Yeah. Saw what's been happening in the future and, and knew where, where it could go when, when Pat came with a vision of the club, and I was like, I was really pumped and excited. Yeah. And uh, really, really enjoying where, where we're going. And the support, you can feel it around the town. It's, the excitement is, uh, is certainly there. Yeah, well, you're not the only one to move to Bristol for the rugby. Um, when I was choosing my universities, I li- I'm originally from North Wales. Uh, I literally chose the universities based on where there's a professional rugby club, so I can go go and watch some rugby. So I got down to uh, De Montford in Leicester and the University West of England in Bristol. So I moved to Bristol just to watch the rugby, and that year they got relegated. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and that was with Contapomi <laughs> and Peashot, Julian White, Gareth Archer. Yeah, some some real Jesus. quality players, and they went down. Wow! Yeah, I, I tell you what, you, you can have as many stars as you want, but if you don't quite get it right as as players and as staff, it's, it's just not going to work. You, you have to be united. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, tell me something, Bruce. Do you and the Bristol coaches get round to many of the local clubs in Bristol? Um, I know Pat has here. Pat tries. I mean, Pat gets gets around. He's 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 super busy. You know, he he leads us uh, brilliantly down at the at the Bears, and uh, we try to get around it as much as we can um, with our job. Um, it, it's very difficult because we're 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 so so busy in what, yeah. what we're doing. But I know Pat's connected with our with our academy and and all what's going on around Bristol because we're very very keen to try and get as many players through the system as possible from a Bristolian. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, Bristol is an absolute hotbed of um, of rugby talent. Have you been impressed with the talent which has been coming through the academy so far? Yeah, it's been good. You know, we're, we're working with a lot of those young boys that are very, very keen to to, to work hard and, and develop their game, and obviously put their hand up for for selection. So, you know, it's it's great to see, and that's what you want, really. You want all of all, as many as our youngsters coming through um, uh, through the academy and, and the development as as we can. Mm. So you know, we're really, really excited for the future to see more and more players put their hands up and, 
and come through the system. Now, I understand you're midway through a, a premiership season at the moment, so probably not the fairest time to ask you this. But if you were to take a step back and have a look at the team as they are now, would you say that you've met your expectations so far? Uh, good question. I would say we're very, very excited and uh, confident in, in, in where we're heading in, uh, over, uh, over these next few months of the season. Mm. And what for you would constitute a, a really good season rather than, you know, something which you kind of expect to be doing? Oh, making top six. And do you guys think that, think that that's achievable? And how far do you think that this group of players will go next year and the year after? Oh, I think, you know, the... We're certainly able to make top six if we can keep working hard and keep staying tight as a as a as a team. It's, it's all there. You, as you see on the table, so so much can change week in week out by by a win or a loss. You, know, you, you can jump a few places. Like Marcel was down the bottom. They've won five games now. They're in top four. Yeah, um, it, it can easily easily change on it. So so much more can happen, and it's going to be a really exciting end to the season. You know, we've got some big games coming up, a lot like everyone else, and it's all about taking those chances. When they come, and you can really uh, step up the ladder, which which we can do. Um, but we've got, no, we've got a lot of work to do, and we're really excited where we can go. And I think for the future, uh, the way we're building, you know, we'd love to be in Champions Cup. Um, we'd love to be up there um, fighting the trophies, and yeah, you know, that's what we're inspiring to be and, and and to do. Yeah, I mean, I actually think it's because of Bristol that this league this year is so incredibly tight. Uh, and this is no disrespect to other teams that have gone down in, gone down in the past or other groups of players, but in the past we sort of knew who was going down, and therefore you know it didn't, you, you obviously have to play hard every week, but you knew London Irish were going down, or you knew Bristol were going down the year before. Yeah, and this year yeah, we have mean. no idea. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's, and and, and the, the competition is just stepping up year and year year and year out. Um, yeah, the teams are getting bigger and better, but so is the competition. Everyone, it's all pretty much evening out now. And if you know, it comes down to the smallest, smallest margins. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, statistically, the worst team in the league is Newcastle, and they're a bloody good team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And, and you tell you what, there's going to be so much, so many more swings and changes. Yeah, um, we've still we've just got got over halfway. And, you know, anything can happen from here on again. And, and that's where, again, you just got to stay positive, stay confident, uh, keep on the same wavelength and keep pushing hard because every every weekend is, is, is a whole new challenge and uh, any, anything can happen. And if, you, if you're on the, on, the, on the same wavelength and you're switched on, mm-hmm. you know, you can uh, pull it stuck in on a bit of a roll. And, and that's what it takes sometimes is getting a bit of a roll and you get the confidence up, the trust is there and then, Away you go. So uh, no, it's very exciting. Now, I just want to get, gauge your opinion on on something. Um, it's a, kind of a bit of a departure, but you know, it all it'll all make sense. Um, there were a few reports in the press this week or last week about the size of players and how players are getting ever bigger. Do you think that rugby will solve um, will eventually solve this problem of bigger lads? And do you think it's just a passing phase, or do you think this is a, a trend that is uh, bound to continue? Oh man, I think it, I think it's going. It, it's always going to continue. You're always going to have players of different sizes and and uh, you know width and, and and height. It's just it's yeah. just a part of part of the sport, unfortunately. And, then, and and most bigger people want to play rugby, and it's a contact sport, and they uh, suit that suit that environment, and and they'll keep pushing for it. And 
thing. You're always always going to have that mix. Yeah, and, and for the for, for the smaller guys too, it's just it's it's been brave and obviously it's a different thing when you're bigger, you're more confident to get in a contact sport. When you're smaller, you want to play that game, but you're not too sure because of the contact. Um, there, there's so many different variables, but if if I say if if you want to do it, no matter what size or um, uh, how hard the sport is, you know, give it your best. Don't, I, I, don't, I, don't be shy. I mean, do you personally look at? The players that you've got under your control at Bristol, I think, crikey, that's a big set of lads. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I guess sometimes, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, sometimes we look at players and we think, you know, some some of these guys need to put on a, a couple more kilos, um, and, and and others need to lose a few to get more fitter and stronger. There's there's always going to have that happen in the in the game because you know, the it's, it's small inches make mm. the biggest differences. Yeah. Now, because you're on the inside of Bristol, and uh, you know, yeah, you know, I don't want want you to give away the state secrets, uh, but I always like to ask: Are there any young lads there who've really caught your eye? And as fans, we should be excited about watching in maybe not this year, but next next couple of years. Yeah, uh, uh, youngster Ch- Charlie Power rings the bell. He's a youngster coming coming through. He's Bristolian too, coming through the ranks. He's just uh, Jesus, a young boy, got a great physique. Um, loads of potential. Um, James Dunn, another another one of our youngsters. Um, geez, I suppose to, to me, all of them seem very young, so they've, they've all got opportunities. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, <laughs> um, no, 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 it's exciting. It's good, good, good to see those young fellas coming through, and you know, he's he's training with us. Uh, the, all those boys are training with us every week as as pros. So mm. they've come through the academy system, and. and uh, uh, sorry, and will Bristol be looking towards the Premiership Cup, which is obviously just around the corner now, uh, as a chance to you know get some of these younger lads on the field, or will you use it to continue to get your first team a bit more continuity together? Well, I think it's gonna. I guess that's that, that's a good question, and I think that'll be uh, one that uh, that would uh, answer correctly for you. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think because uh, it, 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 I. From being back home, we, we, we you play two seasons in a year, and you have two off seasons. But being over here, when you're playing uh, three three uh, different um, competitions in, in one year, it, it's very very hard to get that balance right and, and knowing you know how to um, rotate the squad, etc. Yeah. And I think when you get, I mean, it, it showed in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, we've uh, we've rotated the squad uh, really well. And, and the players who, who have played for that squad have, have done brilliantly. We've been given a chance and, and the players have taken it. So, you know, full credit to, to, to the squad for, for doing that. And uh, I think, you know, again, we'll, we'll, when it gets to playoffs, you've just got to look at who's who's fit and available and, and play the best you can. Well, so, uh, uh, no, it's exciting. I'll ask you one more question. Uh, it's a bit of a lengthy one. Uh, and then I wish you all the best and let you get off. But can you just give me a couple of words um, about what it's like working with uh, Pat Lamb and the sort of stuff he's done with Bristol to assemble this coaching staff and get you guys to where you are now? Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, for me, it's, it's very, very exciting. Um, you know exactly where you're going and, and the vision uh, for, for the club that Pat has set. Uh, we're very clear on, on where we want to go to, and uh, uh, one thing that really excites me is is the future of this club and, and where we can get to. Mm. Um, and it's you know it's uh, Pat's work ethic, um, 
as evidence and and where we want to go as a as a club and as a team. And um, you know, we're all excited or. On, on the journey that we are with and every day is a, a joy to go to work excellent well i wish you all the best uh, i think it's a really exciting project and i think you guys are doing great work so uh bruce i'll i'll let you i'll let you get off um oh by the way uh are you on social media at all can anyone follow you on on any social media channels see what you're up to um no i'm just on fb i'm <laughs> not on instagram or or um Twitter. not down with the kids eh not yet. <laughs> All right, then, Bruce. Well, <laughs> well, thank you so much, and I hope we can ca- catch up again soon. Cool. No worries, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers, bud. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.